Political Football. How you doing? Oh man, I am doing. Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you doing today? I don't know, man. I'm I'm okay. I guess it's been a eventful week, as we all know in this country. What's going on? We're at 211,000, I think now. It seems like every time we speak and do this show, we're we're hitting some kind of milestone, or we're we're up. So uh, it's been a shit show. It has been. I feel like the country the last week has been like the New York Jets of countries. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I I would have to 100% wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's been absolutely insane uh, to think just how poorly the White House has been handling the outbreak when you think about how well a lot of the sports have been handling it. I mean, other than other than what's happening with the Tennessee Titans, I believe they're the only team that's that's right now. Um, unless we're not getting, uh, you know, real time information, they're the only team that I know that has handled situation really badly. NFL, I mean, for NBA has done a fantastic job. They're in their, I think, game four of their finals, and then they can just you know breathe a sigh of relief that they've gotten through. Um, baseball looks shaky at best. Um, but football, we're you know we I think we talked off air that we hope that we can finish the season. But you had a very interesting idea, and I want to discuss that in a second. But to kind of echo to what you were saying about how poorly this seems like a really bad reality show that's scripted really bad. It's like the Sharknado of reality shows, more or less. Um, that I can't believe that as a country, as a society, as a nation, as a whatever you want to call this, that we you know, are this far into this thing and some of the recklessness that we see is mind-blowing. I mean, I, I'm looking at an alternate reality of, like, how can we be so callous? And it's just, I mean, I don't even know. I'm running out of adjectives, man. Give me something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say anymore. So I think it's really interesting that the White House and now the NFL in the Big Ten all are in the same, like, they now operate the same way, right? So they all have the rapid antigen testing. They all have the protocols that they're supposed to follow. And they, there's no bubble, like the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you would, you would think that the most, the most secure place probably in our nation, or should be, um, is, you know, it, it tells us something about the testing being just a little nonchalant or, haphazard or so it's not they're not doing it right it's it's not it's not that the problem is that testing is a diagnostic tool it's not a preventative tool right so you use it in combination with the mitigation efforts in order to keep the pandemic at bay the white house though was only doing the testing and you can see we can now see in real time what the downside of that is and it applies to football because the nfl and the big 10 are going to be doing the exact same thing where the people are out in their communities. They get the rapid test every single day, but they also have to do the mitigation efforts. So the white house and the Titans did not do the mitigation efforts, but the Patriots did. Yeah. Which yeah. is why cam can be positive, but the rest of the team is fine. But then at the white house, because they're only doing the testing well, hope Hicks gets it out in the community somewhere and then comes into the White House and like, well, I did my test. I'm good. Well, no, you still need a mask. You still need to be six feet away from Hope Hicks or else this is going to happen. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just sad. It's just, you know, it's just showing, you know, like you, I think you, and then you've had a great point. So, uh, well, well played, sir. 
the fact that we, <laughs> I don't know, man, other countries have done better. I mean, we're not there, obviously, to know the other, you know, the underlying workings of everything that's going on. But, you know, from our perspective, where we are, you know, it's just been, it's, I don't know, we're, New York City's reporting that they're closing uh, schools in nine zip codes and uh, getting ready to close non-essential businesses, um, which will be gyms and, and things of that nature. Also, you know, New Jersey, where I hail from, um, is getting ready to tighten up again. Um, obviously, flu season is upon us, but it's just like this, this virus seems to still be raging out of control. So I don't know. So uh, um, something really interesting that you just mentioned about flu season I don't think flu season is going to be as bad as expected, like regular flu in other countries where there's like full, like people just wear masks without being jerks about it and whatever. The rates of flu are like 90% lower so far this year mm-hmm. than in years past because everybody's wearing masks and staying away from each other. So as they should. Right. So like since like 70% of this country is doing that. I think we're going to see a lot lower rates of the seasonal flu just because if you have a mask on and you're staying at home and you, when you uh, don't have to be somewhere and you stay six feet away from people, it's hard to get the actual flu too. So I think yeah. that the flu season won't be as dire as they had thought coming into this fall. Yeah. 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 Someone sent me a, uh, a, a, a cute uh, statement. I think I shared it with you offline. It said that uh, we're heading into the fourth quarter of 2020 and, God help us hope we're playing the Falcons. Oh man. <laughs> that awesome. is that is rough. <laughs> Fucking brutal. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, pretty soon we talk about if we're in the first quarter. Hope you're playing the Lions. But uh <laughs> but before before we get to my Lions who are coming up second, we have to talk about your J E T S suck suck suck. Yeah. The, uh, this, the New York Jets. Is, so yeah, last this is sell. Yeah, last <laughs> last Thursday we had the Broncos 37, the Jets 28. So just briefly, I will say that the Broncos were down Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, and their starting quarterback, Drew Locke. They still put 37 on the Jets in a uh, in a victory. What yeah, it wasn't even a, J- a JV team out there. It looked like a pickup squad. That guy showed up to a park, picked up all these guys to play a football game. Yes. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. And I, I have no words other than um, hashtag Firegate. I mean... I, I don't I it's gonna be so much worse than that though. I think you guys could hire the reanimated corpse of Vince Lombardi next year and you're still only winning three games next year. It, hey, I survived the Richie Co type years, bro. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's pretty bad. That is that is pretty <laughs> awful. I just I think that the Jets are just top to bottom. Like, they have nothing anywhere, really. I actually think that Sam Darnold is the best piece on that team, besides, like, Mekhi Becton, the off yeah. tackle drafted this year. No, you're, you're 100% right to not even be a Jets fan. And if they're smart, man, you know, try to see what you can get for the guy to get something. Because for it's going to be like the Knicks. Like, no one wants to come to New York, whether it's the Giants or the Jets. You know, whether it's by draft or free agency, no one's clamoring to come to New York, which is a great market when it comes to your brand, if you're building a brand. But if the football's not good, then why the hell come here? You know, you know, why do it? Yeah. Also, if you're good at football in the NFL, you can build your brand from wherever Aaron Rodgers, you know, just matter matter where you are. (laughs) So, yeah. So the Jets are terrible. At this point, we are just waiting for the fire Adam Gase and move on to next year. 
Uh, they are officially on 0-16 watch, but I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win a game or two, but they're they're officially on the watch. What? So to to not um. I mean, there was there wasn't much in this game to really you know um, brag about or even you know indulge in a meaningful conversation. Two things I want to note is that uh, the ripping kid was okay, um, given that. Greg Williams' defense of, of of just nasty hitting guys. I mean, the amount of penalties we gave up. It's just showing you that Greg Williams is uh, is archaic. Um, it's probably not, you know, the best coach that you can get. You know, maybe back in the day, but in this new era of football, this new this new um, ultra safety type way, um, it goes to show you that it was bush league. I, I was embarrassed that. The penalties just—I mean, it was so many flags on that field. It was ridiculous. I—I'm just sitting here, just loving how much in pain, how much pain you are in for uh, for how bad the Jets are. Feels like a kindred spirit for the Lions for so many years. Yeah, it was just—it <laughs> was just. I mean, I haven't—I haven't lived long enough to know that kind of pain. I think either one of us haven't known that our our teams were that bad. Um, I think you said it goes back quite a few generations, <laughs> yes. but um, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just sad that, you know, professional team, but again, it's, it's, it's from up top. And just to kind of preface the lions for a second, pay Calvin Johnson, come on, stop being jerk offs and pay the fucking guy. You owed him. He gave blood, sweat and tears, pay the guy. You owe him from years ago, pay the guy. Seriously. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get any argument, uh, uh, there there for me they should just paint for everything to put up with the lions for so long speaking yeah. of the lions they are the uh first game up here the 1 p.m window we have the saints 35 at the lions 29 mm-hmm. uh the lions were up 14 to nothing in this game i remember yep and then they were down 28 14 at halftime yeah I, I think there's a genius on that side of the football that doesn't know that the offense and defense have to play football together and <laughs> It's kind of like a thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so we, uh, and Matt Patricia, we joke because he's a rocket scientist, but he's a complete idiot. He did do something good in this game, though, which I'll get to, a good game theory thing. It's just mm-hmm. you don't want to have to be in the position to have to do it in the first place, but he did it. But we'll mm-hmm. get to that. Um, okay. I do want to talk about, I do want to ask you this question, though. Which player in the league leads the league in yards after catch? Yards after catch? You mean? Uh, receiver or any position? Just which player? Um, I mean, I would, I want to say, well, over, okay, so I want to kind of ask a question here. Is it over the four-week span or is it over just one, over Sunday? This, this, the four weeks, this season. Four weeks? Um, Anybody on the Chiefs? I don't know. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's believable. Yep. So you have the yards after catch leader in your backfield for the Saints, which is great when Drew Brees can't throw the ball more than 20 yards. Yeah, I think his arm is shot. Yes, and he's been <laughs> doing that without Michael Thomas on the field because Michael Thomas has been out since week one. Yeah. So I think that the Saints, you know, we talked about last week how if they stay healthy, they're going to be in at the end. I think that's still true when Michael Thomas comes back. Their offense is going to be a lot better than it has any right to be with how bad Drew Brees has looked, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're going to be good. The thing I wanted to mention for Matt Patricia that he did well. So the Lions were down by 14 in the fourth quarter. They mm-hmm. uh, 35-21. They scored a touchdown to make it 35 to 27 and they went for two. And 
that is absolutely the correct thing to do, and it's been the correct thing to do forever, and NFL coaches are just starting to come around to this. Mm-hmm. If you go, so it's 35-27, so at this point you're down by eight. If you kick the extra point, you're down by seven, which means yeah. that if you score a touchdown, another extra point, you can tie the game at 35, and you're looking at overtime. Or you can try to go for two and go for the win, right? At the last yeah. second. And that's a common thing teams do, especially when they're underdogs. We, you know, that's generally good. But if you're going to do that, if you don't make it, you lose the game. So go for two the first time you score. So if you don't make it, you don't just lose the game. You have a chance to go for two again and tie the game and still get that overtime. Good strategy. Yeah. yeah. And so this actually, this actually, and then winning, giving yourself a chance to win in regulation is much more valuable than give than a better chance of ensuring overtime. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going to you know, going to sudden death or overtime, it's always a costly thing because um, guys are spent, and you know, you're playing an extra, you know, inning of right. football, right? And and it's only worth like one and a half to two percentage points in win probability, you know, on average or whatever. But if I said, if I told you right now that we could just increase Joe Biden's margin by two percent in every swing state, you would start doing backflips. Like, like two percentage points by itself is not a lot, but when you add it up with everything else, it actually does start to make a difference, especially over time. So, absolutely, so that was the absolute correct thing to do, and I was just glad to see that he did it. And if Matt Patricia can know to do it, there's no excuse for anybody else not doing it. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So the next game, uh, we have the Los Angeles Chargers 31 at the Buccaneers 38. Tom Brady threw five touchdowns. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, you know, lighten it up. Hopefully Mike Evans is okay. Um, on the other side of that coin, Herbert looks good. Yes. Looks good. I mean, I don't know if Tyrod's going to get this job back. No. Nope. So th- thank thank the idiot doctor who punctured it. Right. Um, yeah, Herbert, Herbert definitely looks like he's going to be able to play. You know, his ceiling is massive. You know, he could be Josh Allen, but with a better deep ball. And he could just be you know, slightly better Brock Osweiler, I guess. Like, it's kind of all over the place. But he's <laughs> he's going to be in the league for 10 to 12 years. And yeah, worst-case scenario, good. really good backup. Like, best-case scenario, all-pro Super Bowl guy. So that was a good pick. Austin Eckler, though, has a, quote, severe hamstring injury. Yeah, I, I saw I saw from a trainer's perspective, yeah. and again, I'm not a doctor to diagnose anyone. The way he uh, planted and the way that thing popped, I'm pretty sure anyone near him, if not him, he heard it pop. It, it's yeah. just, again, I go back to saying that you can't train for these things, but you could train to to kind of minimize the impact. But it, it is a very highly contact sport. So I, I get it. These things will happen. And I told you that for the next few weeks or so, if not the season, we're going to see a lot of guys just go down with these non-contact. And injuries. one thing I wanted to ask you, since you are a uh, you are a trainer. So Austin Eckler is not very big uh, for the listeners out there. He is 5'9", you know, 190, 5'9", 200. Like he's not a big guy. Um, might be 5'10", but he is jacked. Like mm-hmm. he's like like a um, mini Metcalf. Like he is just jacked <laughs> out of this world. So my question is, because he's a smaller guy, and this is for you as a trainer, because he's a smaller guy, but he's so muscular, is he actually more in danger of these sort of injuries because he's just got so much muscle mass on his frame? 
Yeah, well, not so much more muscle mass than your frame. It's just that your the flexibility factor. Um, you know, muscles are you know muscles elongate and you know they stretch and um, contract and things of that nature. Um, think of um, if you could remember. I don't know how old you were when Bo Jackson blew his hip. I was out. in third grade. Yeah, third grade. So you you, you were cognizant enough to know that that was a pretty crazy. Yeah, injury. I cried. And that was just and and that was Bo planting to cut. And the force, which are the biggest bone in your body, um, ball and socket bone, is the hip. That usually wrecks in a car accident or something or a massive fall from a height. But to do that kind of tear and rip and and, and damage from stepping is just, you know, the muscles and the, the bones and stuff is not what you call it. So getting back to Eckler, it's not more so that he's super muscular. It's, it's maybe his... His uh, tensile strength, how limber he is, you know, you know, some of these guys are are so muscle bound that it's, you know, they're they're not flexible. So it could be, you know, a combination of not being flexible enough, and maybe just maybe he was cold, maybe he didn't stretch before getting on the field. Which anyone out there who plays sports, um, stretching is a very important part of the game, especially when you're going to play a contact sport where you run a lot. Uh, football is a car collision every thirty seconds. So yeah, so. You know. Okay. Well, that that makes that makes a lot of sense because I just always thought like these really jacked, tiny dudes seem to be getting these hamstrings mm-hmm. in and tears a bit a bit more. So our next, I mean, think about the pectoral muscle tears. Oh, yeah. and and the bicep tears. Those are those are exactly examples of what I'm talking about. You know, when you just don't have enough elasticity. You know, we're not we're not meant to human beings weren't meant to play football unless you're Bo Jackson or Hershey or Aaron Donald <laughs> or Aaron Donald. Yes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. So we have uh, the next game. We have the Jags twenty-five at the Bengals thirty-three. Uh, there actually wasn't that much in this game, despite all the scoring, because both teams are really terrible. Except mm-hmm. Joe Mixon finally got the usage that we wanted him to see. Ninety-seven percent of the mm-hmm. carries, six targets, goes off for three touchdowns, like one hundred and thirty total yards or something like that. So finally, the Bengals decided to use Joe Mixon how they're supposed to. And look at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's also a combination of not having Burrow do more than he needs to, but it's just a good experience. I think of all the all the the rookie quarterbacks outside of Herbert, um, you know, Joe. I mean, I'm sorry, um, um, Burrow is getting he's getting like like wartime on the field, like he's playing football. He's he's in that offense now where he's playing. There's no one behind him. Like he's not going to get yanked. However, however it turns out. They're not going to pull them off the field unless he's right. hurt. Yeah, Burrow's Burrow's it. He's playing. Plus, he's he's good. Like he's, yeah, yeah, he's like his. I mean, that team has to rebuild around him. I mean, but you got you you've seen enough in a four game sample that this kid's. Yeah, great. his floor is like Matt Ryan. Right, yeah. he's got a much higher <laughs> floor than Justin Herbert. Like Justin Herbert might still be fancy Brock Osweiler, but but yeah. uh, Joe Burrow is legit he's he's set he's good uh so that's it for that game and the next game though we really are going to spend a little bit of time on and that is the minnesota vikings 31 at the houston texans 23 oh man i mean hey i i I go back to our preview show of how right you were and are um yeah, so let's unpack. Okay, it. so first, before we get to the Texans, which is where we're going to spend the time, I just want to point out that Delvin Cook, the running back from Minnesota, is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he's he's a great yes, weapon. He's he is a, a wonderful running back, and he doesn't get a lot of uh, 
a lot of like coverage, like the way that Zeke and McCaffrey and Kamara do, but he is just as good. Solid. Like he's, Solid yeah, guy. he's he's amazing. So I wanted to make sure we don't overlook him and his effort in in this game and leading to that victory. That said, uh Bill O'Brien got fired, the head coach of the Texans, as we predicted would happen the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I mean we, we saw that coming last year. You know, I mean, you and I, I mean, I, I think more so you, you were, I mean, and, and again, guys listening, you know, this is tongue in cheek stuff. We're not, you know, we're not clamoring for people to lose their livelihoods and, and to go on, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it's just one of those, um, it's the hazard of the job that you have. And unfortunately, when one coach gets fired, um, usually his entire staff goes with him. But I think Cornell is yes. Cornell. Yeah. Yeah. So Romeo's taking the lead, um, you know, for, the rest of the way and hopefully like we'll see but bill o'brien put himself in that pot you know being the de facto gm and also head coach with questionable coaching skills um are are you surprised i'm no i thought i thought that this was for sure going to happen because i thought they would for sure be terrible this year because he is so bad and now he's had enough time to put his to put his stamp on this team so let's just go through quickly the things that have led him being fired first as a gm the big one, he trades Nuke Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for <laughs> the Shambling Courts of David Johnson and the bag of deflated footballs. <laughs> that's the first yeah. one. That alone, that's that's the top of the pile right Yes, there. but that's actually Keep not going. going to be the most damaging one going forward, maybe. I mean, not having Nuke on your team for the next six years is really bad if you're Houston. Uh, yeah. the, then we have, he traded for Brandon Cooks and his terrible contract. <laughs> and then this one that hey. goes way overlooked because people don't focus that much on offensive line uh, play and offensive linemen. He yeah. traded a first and second round pick in the 2021 draft to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil. For Tunsil. Yeah, for Tunsil. Yeah, I remember the that. The Dolphins get the first and second round pick of the Texans next year. That could be a yeah. top five pick. I mean, that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, that's that's a great that's a great point. That's a great yeah, point. just absolutely terrible decisions. Like you can't trade away New Hopkins and then trade away your first round pick. Like you're not going to be good. There's no way. Anyways, those are the big picture things he did as a general manager. Then we have to talk about why he got fired because he's a terrible coach. So in this game, Brandon Cooks had three targets and no catches. So you trade for this guy in his terrible contract and you don't even use him, right? Yeah, and then. Down two scores, he was running the ball multiple times on second and long. Which I guess, okay, you're using David Johnson. You might as well because you traded for him. But you can also throw him the football. He is David Johnson. Yeah. And then there's this one. Yeah. And this just drives me so insane. They're down 31 to 16 late in the game. So they're down by 15 points. They score Mm -hmm. a touchdown to make it 31 to 22. So they're down by nine. They kick the extra point. So now it's 31-23 and they're down by eight. And I know what this moron was thinking. He's like, okay, now I'm down by eight. Now I get a touchdown and a two-point conversion and we can tie the game. That is 100% incorrect. Because what people don't, but like a lot of people aren't realizing and coaches are just coming around to in the NFL is that being down by eight isn't being down by one possession. It's being down by one and a half possessions. Absolutely. That and is correct. That is absolutely so correct. The reason that he should have gone for two at 31 to 22, there was like six minutes to go. 
is that if you make it, okay, great. You've made it. Now you're down by seven, which also gives you a chance to go for two again and win the game. If you miss it, you're down by nine. But the thing is, now you know you're down by an actual two possessions, and you know way earlier in the game. You can call plays with that information. You can call timeouts with that information, right? You can make go for it and fourth down decisions with that information. By kicking the extra point here, being down by eight, he doesn't know if he's made the two-point conversion or not. He has no idea how to coach the rest of the game because he doesn't know whether or not he's got the two points. That is correct. That and is correct. I, I see this mistake wow. all the time. When you're down by 15, especially later in the game, when you might think you only get one more shot to score, you have to go for two the first time because you need to know that you can try to manufacture two more possessions throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a given because the other team can definitely grind clock right. on you and just, you know, it, it puts you in a bad... You make a very interesting point about how coaches coaches are hired or how, how they should be, how the coaching search process should go, where you would, you know, I would have these scenarios in front of a, a coach or his staff or whoever he's bringing in to say, hey, we have 14, I'm sorry, we have uh, five scenarios and we want you to walk us through these, you know, what would happen. And in real time, as I'm, as these things are unfolding, I'm giving you game time scenarios to do it. Not watching film, just philosophy you know how aggressive are you how passive are you you know do you do you see you know plays ahead you know are you playing from behind do you protect this lead or whatever it is so that was a great great segue i i definitely like that that analogy and how you broke well good i'm uh i'm glad and i wish that uh a lot of nfl coaches and some college coaches still get this wrong which is insane because the two-point conversion has been around so much longer in the college game like there's no Mm -hmm. no excuse for that uh the next game just to touch on briefly, we have the Seahawks 31, the Dolphins 23. And the only thing I took away from this game is that the Seahawks played like crap and they still scored 31 points and won. <laughs> I mean, they I mean it's the Dolphins. I mean, I honestly, you know, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. You know, Fitzy, Fitzy is who you're gonna get, you know. Uh there's no reason unless Fitzy gets hurt to play Tua. So you know anyone? Anyone that's a Finns fan that is that's clamoring for for Tua to come in? It's it like Dave said weeks ago. There's no point. He's healing up on an injury that uh, needs it, it needs time to fully it's, it's fully heal for him to hit that field. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yep. yeah. Good point. Good point. Like you, that needs to heal fully. Fitzy's not playing out of this world, but he's playing enough. He's serviceable and he's keeping you guys in games. You guys went toe to toe with the Seahawks. And they had a, I mean, they had a rough sled of a game, but you, you know, you guys should be proud of that—that that you guys hung in there because Dangerous is, I mean, he's my MVP. Yeah, right and now, one thing so. that I, uh, that I'm going to say a lot over the course of this, the this, the tenure of this podcast, I'm sure, is that the goal of the NFL playing in the NFL is to win the Super Bowl. It is not necessarily to win the next Super Bowl. And if you're, yeah, yeah, if you're the Dolphins, you are not winning the Super Bowl this year. And you knew that coming into the season. The Dolphins are actually having a great year right now because they can win a few games and improve or whatever and get a pick between like 8 and 11 and still get the top five pick from the Texans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, thank right. you, Bill O'Brien. So I actually think the Dolphins are having a great <laughs> year. I think that some of their, uh, their free agent pickups have done really good for them. And I think that Dolphins and Dolphins fans should be excited 
for what could be for the future. It's just that this year, you know, you're you're not going to win. But you know, neither are the Jets or the Lions, which are in a lot better shape. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so for the next game, <laughs> we have your Cleveland Browns forty nine, Dallas Cowboys thirty eight. <laughs> Holy shit. Odell Odell finally decided to show the fuck up. I got Yeah, so my first my first note I have in this game is just OBJ exclamation mark. Yeah, he, he kind of just shows you the type of weapon he can be. Um and the, the time in New York uh isn't a foregone conclusion. I mean the guy had dealt with some injuries and some personal shit, I guess. I don't know. But it just shows you that when when he's on, he's on and uh, they had, they, you know, the last the last couple of weeks have been good for them. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sold yet because we're only week four in. So, um, you know, let me talk about this again. Maybe on week ten, week eleven. Um, so yeah, but he had a he had a great game. I mean, it goes to show you, and I want your take on this. McCarthy is if he spent if he truly spent the time that they said he spent locked in a barn on Krypton or some <laughs> shit the year he, the year he was out like watching film like what did you watch any defensive fucking film I don't know I don't, I'm, I'm like did you watch defensive film because in two weeks the Cowboys have given up I don't even know how many points and how many yards but your quarterback Dallas can't keep throwing in, in the space of two games I think the guy threw for almost 900 yards yes in two weeks and it's not sustainable. Like, this guy's... I mean, fucking pay him. Number one, pay the guy. He's worth the money. The the offense is, is clicking. They're trying to get the... I know defense has some problems, but the coach is wrong. The coach is wrong. And I hope you guys see that before it's too late. I know it's been a, a funny year with, you know, COVID and no training camp and all this other shit. I get it. But McCarthy's a seasoned coach. He's not a rookie coach. But if he did spend the time that he spent when before he got his job analyzing all this Jaws kind of tape, watching thousands of hours of tape, I don't know if he watched any defensive tape because it's a shit show defensively over there. Sorry about the uh, off-the-road rant there. I just, so I just the Cowboys' defense uh, is trash, which is what I wrote down here. Now, they do have an extraordinary number of injuries on that side of the ball. The Cowboys' defense is basically like the Broncos' offense, where there's just like, they're missing yeah. so many key pieces, but they're expecting them all back. They have nobody out for the season. So as the season goes on, they start getting pieces back. You know, they're going to win this division, which we'll get to in a second. You know, and so they're going to make the playoffs. So they just need to be clicking at the right, the right time. Even if they're the seven seed, they just need to be. Well, they're the four seed because they'll win the division. So like, they just need to be clicking at the right at the right time, and they'll still be there at the end. Pay Dak, I wrote down. I completely agree with you there. He is on pace to throw yeah. for like six thousand yeah. yards. Yeah, I'm, I and and that's what I was going to say before I start because I, I really wanted your take on the McCarthy thing. I didn't want to steal like because I know that you probably have a better take on it from a coaching analysis but yeah i mean i mean guys if i don't and i hate to bring in um race and and all that other shit but i guess we are political charge show you know everyone else had to do their thing to get their money and in the nfl i don't care if you're black white whatever get your money because the 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 time and the shelf life is so small that you know get your money get paid this guy's kind of been told for the last 
two seasons that he needs to show something. He's he's not the reason primarily that, that games are being lost. And as a quarterback goes, who's your other option? The red rifle? What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me, guys? Pay right. the fucking guy already. Right. No, I completely agree with that. As far as the coaching goes, yeah, Mike McCarthy is a great NFL football coach for like 2007. <laughs> he just, he, he the game is just <laughs> way past him now. And I don't doubt that he tried to spend time with General Zod on Krypton, like, learning analytics or whatever <laughs> but it, it didn't take like he doesn't he just he just doesn't get it he's not capable of getting it right he's like he's like granddad on twitter like it's just not it's not going to be optimal they just don't know what to do yeah. it's not it's it's just yeah he's he's not very good what did belichick call it right the face right. <laughs> face but i think that um and the thing that he that he's struggling with is that he he and a lot of older school coaches, they want to, they think that the right thing to do is to fit everything into how they want to do things. If the game is going a certain way, they want to try to manipulate the game to fit how they want to coach. And that doesn't work. The Dallas Cowboys right now are basically what Oklahoma has been for the last three years. So they had, yeah, great, so the Oklahoma had point. Baker and then Kyler and then Jalen Hurts three years in a row and no defense. And they went to the playoffs three years in a row because they were like, well, we got to score 80 <laughs> points a game. Here comes Kyler. And yeah. I don't think that the I Cowboys mean, quite realize that yet early enough in the game. The Cowboys need to go into every game planning to score 60. Yeah. I, I, um, my sister actually said that. She's a, she's a great – so shout out Janelle. She's, she's a great um, – Cowboys fan and she said you know what we should come in this game come into games right. ready to just go hard full throttle open yeah. the playbook four minute offense the entire time everybody. just just go like you need to like you need to win but the thing is McCarthy like I don't think he can actually do that right no, he can't I don't think so I mean you argue like we said this to the end of time he, you had the second greatest living quarterback of this modern era, and right, he's, he's just not—he's just not adaptable. So, so uh, the other, the last, the last note on this game is that Nick Chubb did get hurt; he's out for at least three weeks. And I did say last week yeah. to make sure go and trade for one of either Chubb or Hunt because if the other one goes down, you know, not my running back. Yeah, so I sure hope. That was I sure hope. Uh, yeah, one of the listeners, if you were in that situation, he went out and did that because Kareem Hunt's gonna be a top five running back across the. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the season. Yeah, it's gonna have to. He's gonna have right. to so they've the been, way through. They've been uh, sharing duties all year. Next week, he gets the Colts at home all to himself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Should so he? that's that's that game. Want to spend some time on that one? The next game, there's a few subtle talking points. The Cardinals twenty one at the Panthers thirty one, and this one. <laughs> So this is now the Cardinals have now lost to bad teams two weeks in a row. They lost to the Lions last week and lost to the Panthers this week. And they played bad again. Like, really bad. Kyler wasn't good. The offense is not clicking. Uh, Kenyon Drake last year, I was reading on Twitter, he had a 10% target share in every game but one for Arizona. He played eight games for them last year. Uh, this year, he's not been over 6% and had zero targets uh, on Sunday. Yeah, something's going on over there. Maybe, you know, maybe Kyler is doing too much or maybe just 
uh, things aren't gelling. The way yeah, something something is so, off there. I actually don't know what it what it is. Just by just by looking at it, I think it is connected to the running back usage because Hopkins has been fine. And yeah, oh, he's, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's been, been doing, he's been he's doing been, Hopkins. I mean, he got Bill on fire, him. so he's been doing fine. Um, and <laughs> Kyler has made some questionable decisions, but it's not like his arm talent's gone. He's running amazing. I think it is something to do with how they're incorporating the the running backs into the offense. But I'm not an X's and O's guy like that to know exactly what they should do. Mm-hmm. Just I could just say like use yeah. Kenny and Drake more and more cleverly, and they'll be better. Yep. Should uh, be. Yeah. I agree. Let's see here. Sorry, I went to the wrong went to the wrong page. I was made you talk about the Jets again. I apologize. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, oh, we had, we had ooh, our we had our local shit. local rivalry here in the DMV, Baltimore 31 at the football team 17. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, think of people out there listening. Think of you get punched in your face one week, and the next week you yep. don't have to punch someone else in the face. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so the Ravens actually just sort of boa constricted this uh, this game. You know, Terry McLaurin for Washington had over 100 yards, but it was on like 47 catches because all he could do was like deacon and dunk over yeah. the over the middle. Uh, Lamar yeah. explosive yeah. running touchdown. If you haven't seen it, you want to Google that. Look that up. Just just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I did call Mark Andrews would be a top three fantasy tight end. Two more touchdowns in this game. So, you know, again, not much in this game, you know, just sort of sort of what we thought we would see. The next game was a was a huge disappointment. The New York Giants nine at the Rams 17. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So let me get this out right now. When Saquon went down. They pretty much knew. Um, I, I think Danny Dimes probably said, Oh my god, I am now this is squarely on my shoulders to carry this offense, and it's just it's just bad. It's just bad. I mean, it you know, it, I, I don't even know what to say about New York football except for Buffalo, which we'll which we'll get to. Um, but it's it's you know, a sad day when you know people are missing Eli Manning missing those years because this is gonna this is gonna take a while i'm giving them another three or four years before they're even a contender yeah it's it's gonna be a while it's gonna be a while for them for sure i actually think that if they just signed tiki barber right now he might be better (laughs) than than who they have he he might he might be he might be an upgrade uh the real the real story on this side of the game is not the giants only scoring nine and being awful because Obviously, it's that the Rams only scored seventeen. <laughs> well, you know yeah. how I feel and about it's, golf, so and it's I, like I, I, okay, I you won the game, and I know they're going to be like, "Well, we won the game," and you you, know, you go out there and win, and whatever. That's a really bad sign to only put up seventeen against the Giants because you do have to play Seattle twice to compete to compete for that division, and you have to play Arizona as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I thought the Rams were the worst team in this division coming into the year. Now that's gonna be the 49ers with all their injuries. But the Rams, this is the game that led me those sorts of thoughts that they're not very good, even though they won. Yeah. I'd much rather be the I think the Dolphins had a better week in their loss than the Rams had with their win. 
What do you think of their so, running back, the Rams? It depends. I think Daryl Henderson is pretty good and should get more work, but I think Malcolm Brown has nude photos of the coach because for whatever reason, he keeps getting touches and he is just he is just dusty <laughs> as all hell. So I don't know why he keeps getting all these carries. And then Cam Akers is injured, but I would just give Daryl Henderson you know, a, a workhorse game to see if he can handle it, see how he does, because he's clearly more talented than, than Malcolm Brown. Yeah, we yeah we both agree. Yeah, we both. I I, I wanted your take because I, I had the same exact thing. I'm like, I'm like, at what point do you say this guy either he's not seeing the holes or he's just not hitting the holes, or the blocking is shit? Or but let's you know we have other options here. Let's go somewhere else. And why is this guy still getting? You know, but the thing is, running the ball so, yeah. for the Rams should be easy because they have uh, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, and Bobby Trees out, you know, catching passes. You can't just stack the box against them, right? If, if you give if you give Goff, you know, easy throws or open receivers, he's going to hit them. You know, he's he's good enough to do that, you know, so you can't just stack the box against the run. So running for the Rams should not be a hard thing to do, but it feels like pulling teeth. Quick, quick, good. I agree. Quick question: Do you think that Aaron Donald retires retires a Ram or no? Oh man, I I don't know enough about his contract situation to know if moving him or cutting him as a as a veteran is is viable. I, so it's just it's just such a waste of a talent on a on a mediocre team. You know, they flashed in the Super Bowl, well, flashed the year of their Super Bowl run. But, you know, he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to have a great career. I mean, he's a great, he, you know, he's, I mean, he's larger than life. But it's just, I, you know, I always look at these guys being on these teams. And it's like at some point they may get frustrated and says, you know what, I, I want out but, or whatever. But the thing is, is the Rams you know? aren't bad. The Rams are very talented. And they are in a situation where if they just, like, nail back-to-back drafts, if they draft, like, five starters and two pro bowlers and you know in in, a, in within two drafts of each other they're going to be the best team in that division even better than Seattle you know they have Jalen Ramsey they have Aaron Donald they have a good offense they have a good coach what they really need to do is get that running back that went to the Chiefs instead right Clyde Edwards Hilaire and just like mm-hmm. a second round offensive lineman who just is immediately a pro bowler and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're a twelve-win team I mean, for two years with no problem. They're not that far off. They're just off right now. They just remind me. I mean, outside the Super Bowl run, they remind me of of, of the Chargers back in the day, where they just they're good enough, but they just don't get over the yes. hump for some reason. Yep, it's weird. Uh, so the next game, you you mentioned this a, a little bit earlier. We have the Bills thirty at the Raiders twenty-three. The Death Star. At the Death Star. That's <laughs> great. Man, so... Um, sorry. So, uh, so John Gruden is awful. And in fact, I have a note here uh, that according to... I want to say pro football focus, although that might not be exactly right. So if that's misattributed, please don't sue me. Uh, get your $10. Uh, John Gruden had two of the five worst coaching decisions on the week. Including the absolute worst. Okay. And it comes brings us to another thing yeah, that coaches do wrong a lot. And the both of his decisions were the same decision. He chose to kick field goals on fourth and short within 
you know, within like 30, the 35 yard line, right? If you're an underdog, if you are not expected to win the game, part of the reason you're an underdog is because you're going to have far fewer opportunities to get into the red zone to get touchdowns, which means when you get to the 28 yard line and it's fourth and two, you can't just take the three points. You're an underdog. You're not going to make it back that frequently. You have to keep pushing to get to the end zone. Yeah, that is, you know, and and for and guys out there, I haven't to have a video game reference. I haven't played, I haven't played Madden like the the because I heard it shit. But the one thing, the one good thing about Madden is that it gives you the probabilities of a play, like from a community standpoint, how many people ran this play, how many, how many decisions were made on these plays that, you know, that you're going to pick. And I think that the, like what Dave is saying is that when it comes down to coaching decisions, you have to think about, I mean, right. the object is to win the game. Um, it, it It's a chess match in most aspects. It's a chess match. And, you have to give yourself the probability that, listen, okay, we're here. We made a trip down here. Let's make the best of it versus squandering, you know, these opportunities because you want to come away with points, whether it's three points or, you know, seven, whatever, whatever you can come away with. Take the, like, take the risk. Be, you know, be a little advantageous or something. Right. I get the it, team, man. I get the what you're good saying. teams should kick field goals in the situation. Like the Chiefs on a fourth and two from the 28 should kick a field goal because they'll be at the 28 again on the next possession. Right. Yeah. They're fucking right. red zones. To so court. that's fine. The problem <laughs> when you're the Raiders, so they did this twice, right? So they kicked two field goals instead of going for two touchdowns. Now, would they have scored the two touchdowns? It's a longer shot, but they lost by seven. If they had scored two touchdowns, it would be worth eight more points. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, football is causing effect. The goal, and you it's said the goal effect. of the game is to win the game. It is not to lose as close as possible. And a lot of coaches treat yeah. it like that. And I'll give an example that is a painful one for me to give. And this is from Michigan, Ohio State in 2018. So the game okay. is close in the third quarter. Ohio State's up like eight. Then there's this crazy tip pick six situation then a punt is blocked and Ohio State scores again so now they're up like 22 and coach Harbaugh from Michigan is like okay I'm down 22 and there's 18 minutes left in the game I had to go balls to the wall to try to score we got to win of course now he's just Mm -hmm. ripping these downfield passes and the backup quarterback is in because the starter gets hurt and he's throwing interceptions and whatever and the game ended up being 62 to 39 Ohio State and they're like, how do you give up 62 Ohio State? Well, if Jim Harbaugh wanted to, the game could have been 41 to 24. He just ran the ball and ran clock and lost by a lot closer and whatever. But he knew I have to do something to try to win the game. Not lose as good, like not look yeah. as good as possible in a loss. John Gruden loves to look good in a loss. Like you can just tell from hard knocks. He <laughs> loves to just look like a football guy. It's possible, whatever, whatever. But like, hey, coach, you want to win the game. Knock on wood if you're with me. Yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely terrible. So yeah, John Gruden sucks. And he's making $10 million a year. So that's the other thing I wanted to note about this game. And I want to say this because I know this is your boy. Uh, Stefan Diggs is a great wide receiver. (laughs) 
like absolutely fantastic. And oh, yeah. he was actually coaching Matt Barkley on the sideline in the stretch where Josh Allen was out of the game. It's like Stefan Diggs is the man. Yeah, no, I mean he's that's veteran leadership. That's that's a guy who gets it, who wants to win, and who wants to put themselves and their team in the best position. You know, I, I've spent some time around you know around him personally, and you know over uh, pre-COVID, and he, he's actually a really really good person. Um, but I've seen him you know play and you know like like play basketball and like hang out and stuff like that. And he's he's a genuinely good guy, you know. So I'm. You know, to help someone out like that, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and that. for people who think that he might have came out of nowhere coming into the league, he was a five-star top everything prospect here out of the DMV, chose to stay home and go to Maryland, kept yeah. getting hurt, and there was a fifth-row pick by the Vikings. But, yeah, but yeah, the talent was just them, always yeah. on, on massive display. So I think any you know, there were some notions coming into the season like, change of scenery is Allen good enough now he's got to play outdoors in Buffalo and indoors in Minnesota all that's gone Stefan Diggs is the man like and that's that yeah I mean <laughs> ask the quarterback right. how ask Kirk Cousins how he feels about it <laughs> okay so our uh our next game here which the afternoon games were not the greatest Nah, I told you, I, I ended up turning it off and just watching NFL Network to kind of get my um, my notes for the show. So, yeah. hey guys, so, you know, Dave's going so, to carry uh, this Yeah, this rip-roaring football game. We had the Colts 19 at the Bears 11. Uh, so, first of all, congrats <laughs> to the Bears for scoring 11. That's, that's not the easiest thing to do in the NFL. I don't have many notes on this game. I mean, the Colts just, they're a good team when they're winning. Philip Rivers yeah. Yeah. is a Hall of Fame game manager, it turns out. Like, he's really good when his team is winning. <laughs> I can't wait to see this team down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It seems to start spraying pick sixes all over the place. Like Oprah giving out cars. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. uh, my note oh, yeah. I do have for this game, though, is that Allen Robinson would be setting records if he ever got to play with a good quarterback. Yeah, he so yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that because he's in a he's in a situation. I think you told me a few weeks ago that he had empty yeah. social media or purged it of any bears, you know, stuff. Like, I mean, they gotta do his contract or whatever it is. But I think I think at this point he wants out. And, you know, he it's his right. Right. And to, I actually think out. I have a good situation for everybody involved. So the Dolphins have are going to have two top 10 picks this year. The Bills are good. They're just flat out good now. The Patriots, though, are sort of in this weird in-between where they're good, but they're not good enough to beat the, the Bills consistently. And the Dolphins might catch them way faster <laughs> than they want. I think that the Patriots should be willing to actually trade like a first and a third for Allen Robinson and put him with Cam. That would be awesome. That would that would be awesome because Jules, Jules is just I mean yeah. we'll, we'll get to so it. I think we'll that um we'll that that would be a good a good thing for the Patriots to do I think it's good for the Bears because they obviously have to re reset especially on offense so I think it just works out well for for everybody then we had three mm-hmm. primetime games this week thanks COVID the first one was Sunday night and this game Eagles twenty five at the 49ers twenty. Nick Mullins oh, threw man. 
what might be the worst pass I've ever seen in my life on that pick six. Is he? Is he still? Is he still the no, third he's second? Or he's, and the team wanted to trade for him, and he and the uh, 49ers refused. John Lynch would not trade him. <laughs> well, now we now now and everyone can breathe a sigh of relief that they didn't get him. Yeah, I mean, so. I don't think he's terrible or anything, but that throw was just absolutely awful. This team, this this game was atrocious. However, the Philadelphia Eagles at one, two, and one are now in first place in the NFC East. That's how bad that division is, man. That's how right, and that's why the Cowboys are going to win it. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what I really want to yeah. see, I want to see him win this division at seven and nine. Actually, actually, wow. given what the records are now, I want to see him win it at six and ten. I want to see a six and ten division champ. Oh I think that's God. that's got to be on the table. <laughs> I think I think Washington <laughs> and the Giants are too are too bad. Like I think those are just for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. They should they should just give them the trophy right now and just call it that because yeah, I don't see the Giants or um yeah or Washington emerging as any kind of world beat uh yeah so yeah so I think that that would be a, a good thing to do by the way I don't really know where to fit this in so I'm just gonna say it here uh a guy I listened to for fantasy stuff they were talking about what to do with the Titans because of their COVID situation you know they're not even on the schedule this week because there's an outbreak within the Tennessee Titans and he said that that, that mm-hmm. if you have an outbreak of more than like 15 players at a time infected the league should just cancel your season and then also cancel the current worst team to keep things balanced. So they should, like, cancel the Titans wow. and the Jets. Like, sorry, Jets, you're done. <laughs> you're out of here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, honestly, it's laughable, but it does, it does hold some water. It does hold some water. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, be opposed and, to that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, like, that's just something that I think would be, would be interesting, like, what to do with the, uh, uh, with the Titans, with their COVID, with their COVID stuff. Personally, I think they just start taking draft picks. If you get more than ten players at a time, uh, positive, you lose your third round pick, 15 second round pick, twenty first they, round pick. More than that, we yeah. start moving to the twenty twenty two. Wow did did they say like um, have they released the names of who the players are or they it's more like a uh, like a HIPAA thing or so, you know, privacy whatever so HIPAA have they does said not who it is pertain to NFL players if it is a medical situation that impacts their ability to play they have to sign that that right away in their contracts um okay. so like you don't have to disclose anything that won't impact your ability to play football but if it impacts your availability it has to be disclosed to the public. Because the NFL is more transparent gotcha. than the White House, or or hockey, it's a it's a yeah. But that's because so many gambles on hockey, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right? This is this is for gambling purposes. <laughs> like you can, we cannot just find out. Oh, by yeah. the way, like their house Cam had COVID. They could, like, somebody on the Patriots has COVID. Yeah. Wait for the game to find out it's Cam. You know, they had to, they had to say it. They had to yeah. say it ahead of time. Yeah. So they have they gotcha. have released okay. a couple of the players. I think they, but. I don't. I don't think it's been like Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill or anything. Uh, well, 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 the reason I ask, and this is for me and also the general audience. So, you know, uh, on a roster, was it 52, 53. You're right there. Um, if yeah, they could. I mean, they had nine players, I think, at 
at the time of, of like the announcement, nine players test and then the other nine were like staff people or whatever it was. I think it's like even now staff and players that they still can't feel the team or is it that the 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 propensity of more positive tests right. showing up? And so the White House chance? actually is very instructive to see how this works because they were so god awful about it. We can actually see the, the negative, the risk in real time when it goes poorly. So okay. the White House has a super spreader event last Saturday, not 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 like three days ago, but Saturday, September 26th for Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. And like everybody gets gets exposed. I mean, yeah, I mean they were I mean those yeah, seats. And were it, wasn't even, it wasn't even that. It was the receptions you know, that mean, they had inside the White House uh then. But that was the event, right? So that's yeah. Saturday the 26th. Trump tests positive publicly the next the, the following Thursday. Well, Stephen Miller just tested positive today. So, like, we are still seeing this trickle-down effect. People testing positive oh, yeah. 10 days oh, yeah. later. That's why the Titans couldn't play. That's why I don't think they're playing this week either. Because they might still be positive. No, no, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, I think they've already showed that for the next two weeks. And if they, I mean, as of the time before the show, when I spoke to you, kind of briefly they were up to 20 players yeah. i mean 20 people total and i think it's i think it's it yep. might have been two more since then uh, don't quote me on that but yeah so yeah we're seeing this drip out a little bit so yeah they probably right. will be playing and the that's weeks. the thing too is that you have to be very like you have to follow these protocols like the patriots did or else we can't be having four teams like the titans because the teams that are supposed to play they don't get to play their games and it will be a disaster out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I mean, it prompted, it prompted um, NFLs. To, I mean, the NFL had to have like an emergency meeting with with all ownership and all that kind of shit the other day. And I think some new uh, things came out of some stiffer penalties for this. But you're right in saying that if these games are canceled, although that we don't have fandom attending. But the, there's still TV rights. There's still TV money. And right. if there's no game, there's no... Yeah, right. there's nothing. There's no revenue. So, yeah. Exactly. It's just not a game. Okay. No so, speaking of COVID, that does lead us into our next game. Patriots 10 at Chiefs 26. Hey, I predicted this score. Right. But I predicted it at halftime. But I yep. predicted Yep, that you score. sure did. And so, a couple notes I have here. One is that we just saw a vanilla offense from the Chiefs. You know, they always do like these cool, interesting things. They really didn't do anything like that. I think they knew they wouldn't have to. Yeah, I think they walked out there like, yep. let's do enough to win this game. Well, also because I think they wares. can reasonably expect to play New England again in the playoffs. So they don't want to put anything on tape against Bill Belichick. They don't have to if they can't have to play him again. So I think yeah. that was pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, and then my note on the Patriots is that there's no Cam, so who cares? Like, with Cam, they're the Patriots, yeah. kind of. Without Cam, they're the Dolphins. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, so we got to talk about this. <laughs> so Hoyer, I, I I text you and Matt, and Matt is, you know, Matty Ice is my boy. He's a diehard Patriots fan. He's, he's diehard New England, everything. He's from that area. And um, poor bastards lived through right. I feel so bad for him. Ships in his lifetime. Hoyer <laughs> yeah. um, stood in that pocket, and this goes back to what you were saying about come away, come away with points. And what we're talking about, he stood in the pocket, and he, he cost them a field goal. I think 
I mean, obviously the game, you know, the the goal was a touchdown, but he stood in that pocket like no one was rushing him, like he was wearing a fucking infinity gauntlet, <laughs> and he had to snap his fingers like like Thanos. This, I mean, that that was in, incredible. I'm like, is this guy like not watching like the rush behind him? You know, so I mean, Hoyer did the best he could do in a mop up situation, and I always feel for the guys that come in to mop up. But New England has superior coaching, um, in my humble opinion. And obviously, with Cam being out, they have to get this guy up to speed. But until you told me that Brian Hoyer was still in the league, well, given, I had no idea. Given Brian Hoyer's just general luck, if he had the Infinity Gauntlet and snapped his fingers to kill half the players on the field, it would just be his offensive line. But they would just disappear. <laughs> he would get crushed. That's how things go for Brian Hoyer. Like, he is... He's never had any good luck or anything anywhere. I'm so glad he just has made a gazillion dollars. Cause, yeah. Did you see the fact that I think he was up there with Fitzy and a couple other guys? Yeah. I guess this is eighth team. Yeah, and he played for two in college. Holy Started at Michigan shit. State, and then went to uh, somewhere. Didn't he transfer? Maybe he didn't. Whatever. Who cares? He went to state. Um. Wow. Another thing about <laughs> this game, though, is that I think Bill Belichick's going to get a hundred thousand dollar fine. So there was a play. A ridiculously blown call that actually could have turned the tide of this game. Late in the first half, my boy Chase Winovich, go blue, comes off the edge, sacks, sacks Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes fumbles, like he doesn't throw the ball. He fumbles directly into a Patriots defensive lineman's hand, so it's an interception. And the lineman goes running down the field. Refs run in, start blowing the whistles, calling him down, all this nonsense. And they were just wrong. Like, it should have been, at worst case, a fumble recovery at the spot for New England, right? So, mm-hmm. Belichick is mad because he thinks that his guy should be able to keep running with the ball. Like, he thinks that he takes it as a foregone conclusion that they have possession. Because <laughs> Mahomes clearly fumbled the ball, right? So, he's just <laughs> losing yeah. it. He actually, you see him on TV, he takes his mask off to start yelling at the ref, like, three inches from his face. And I'm like, oh, Bill, that's yeah. 100K. That, that's 100K right there. Yeah. But the hilarious thing was is that Mahomes fumbled this ball. They called it an incomplete pass. I mean, home. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say home cooking or maybe like it's, it's a Super Bowl nod. It's like, hey, you know what? You guys kind of get it. Was, this kind this of is actually one of the worst know, calls I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was even like, this was even worse than the tuck rule. The tuck rule was like, it was like, yeah, what, I, no, I was gonna say what, whatever. Fucking absolute he worst. just got hit and fumbled the ball. Like it, He wasn't even trying to pass the ball. He just got hit and fumbled. Yeah. I mean, hey, they, they got the memo that this is the highest paid player so, out there. So, so I'm watching the know, game. Give, I'm give like, okay, well, the Patriots at least have the ball. Next thing I know, they just punt because they called it incomplete. And Belichick didn't even know to throw the red challenge flag because why would you? It was a turnover. Just... So it's, it's automatically reviewed, right? Because it's a turnover. It's a complete shit show of a ref job. Yeah. And it's going to cost Belichick the game and 100000 He better do more Subway commercials. He's going to need the money. <laughs> great. Great. Great point. Did you see that interception um, with, with Joe? Oh, yeah. Hits him right in the fucking hands. And yeah, I mean, like he didn't even make the attempt. Oh, uh, yeah. For the audience, Jules is Julian Edelman. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> uh, 
sorry. And the, yeah, 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 the pass yeah, went yeah, directly through his hands, bounced right to Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, who knows what to do with that, takes it right to the house. And um, yeah, Edelman just like, as soon as he dropped the pass, he literally just gave up. Yeah, I mean, because you know there's going to be a dressing down, you know, today in the meetings, in the team meetings. Belichick's going to make it a point, hey, come no, no, to no. office. No, 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 it won't be in the office. He does that down. in public. It'll be in front of the entire team. <laughs> public execution, man. It's going to yep. be something for everyone to see. And then the final it's game of the night, insane. we have the Atlanta Falcons 16 at the Green Bay Packers 30. How does I think how that does he's Dan in a lot Quinn more trouble now, a lot sooner now that tell, the uh, the Texans have broken the broken the emergency glass on firing coaches because they are really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not a big Atlanta Falcons guy. I mean, I, I could care less. Not my team. But you know, far removed. You know, a few years from a Super Bowl run. You know, obviously, you know, players come and go, and I get it, all this bullshit, whatever. But this coach, this coach is, mm, I don't, I don't even think he can coach. Well, certainly not coaching. Like he has lost team. this team. You no. know, this, this is like he's done here for sure. So let me ask you a question. Besides the two teams in New York yeah. City, what team is worse than the Falcons? Like, like, yeah, like, I'm asking, like, your opinion, like, besides the Giants and the Jets, who are clearly the two worst teams in football, like, do you think, do you think Jacksonville is worse than the the Falcons? Cincinnati? No. The Lions? The Panthers? Okay, so who's worse besides the New York teams? No. (laughs) Yeah. Like, fire this guy. Well, good point. They're just, they're just so bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his key card shouldn't fucking work today. And again, guys, we don't we don't clamor for guys losing their livelihood. It's not we're not about that. But if you're getting paid the kind of money that these guys are getting paid to put this kind of thing on the field to show, I mean, as Dave put it many times to you guys, every job in the NFL, there's only 32 of them. Whatever the job is, whether you're the punter or the assistant coach, there's only 32 of each individual job. And this guy has one of the 32 most coveted jobs in sports to, to coach a professional football team. And you're blowing leads. You're finding ways to fucking lose every week. You're not even contending. And you have a decent quarterback. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, Matty Ice, <laughs> I think he's all right. You know, he got exposed in the Super Bowl. But, you know, come on. I mean, you got Julio fucking Jones, bro. I don't understand. Bro, I like I said, you know, he has his job. I think you're right. The Texans kind of like led the charge now. We're probably going to see some firings. So um, not only do Black they have Julio Monday. Jones, they also have Calvin Ridley. And in this game, Julio Jones got hurt at halftime. So my question for you is how many catches total in this game do you think Calvin Ridley had? Zero. Four? Yeah, fire the coach. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, there's no more, <laughs> like, there's no any good reason to keep him now. Like, it's it's just time. Like, it's just time to just cut cut this guy loose. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you made history. You made history. And, um, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know for you. Everyone has like their moment in sports where like the co- there's like an epic collapse or something like that. Um, you know, you have on your resume now three, three leads, <laughs> and one in the big. Was he? The, he was the yes. coach of the, of the Falcons in Super Bowl run, right? Yeah. You. I mean, you. I watched that game to this fucking day, Dave. To this day, I will watch NFL Rewind or whatever it is. And I, I'm watching the game knowing the outcome. Knowing the outcome. And I'm like, how the hell was this game lost? Like, that must have been a hell of a halftime <laughs> speech for the Patriots. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I just look at it as like, that should have been your nail in the coffin. Yeah, but he's... He's he's done. So I think we can be done with 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 him in gen- and the Falcons in general. Like we can, I think we should start talking about them the way we talk about the Giants and the Jets. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know what? And I made this this this, this thing to uh, to Matt once. Every t- it's like a Patriots curse. Every team that's played them in the Super Bowl, a lot of the Rams, like, like they're like a different team now. Like they're. They don't have the same swagger yep. as they had on their Super Bowl run. And, and again, players come and go. I get that. But it's just, you know, if, if the nucleus is there, quarterback, coach, it's like they're a different squad. I mean, I yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that they're just – that I think they're just in the firm, their awful category. There's no more dissecting they have to do. It's just the Giants are bad, the Jets are bad, the Falcons are bad, and and – that's that. The last thing I want to say about the Packers is that they played this game without their top two wide receivers and didn't miss a beat. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we both agree that, you know, we, you know, week 11, week 12, we'll see how the receivers and all that shit holds up because, again, before getting the yep. guy weapon, yep. we've got Jordan. Okay, Young. so then looking forward to the schedule <laughs> next week, there aren't a ton of, mm-hmm. like, there aren't, like, a bunch of, like, great on-field matchups Right, there's some good fantasy like DFS games, but a couple did jump out to me. So, for example, the mm-hmm. Cardinals lost two weeks ago to the Lions, then they lost to the Panthers. So they've now lost the two bad teams in a row. Who do the Cardinals play this week? The Jets Boy, in got. New York. If they lose this game, yeah, the Cardinals are officially bad. <laughs> like. Well, yeah, I mean, any if anyone walks into <laughs> walks into a jet game and loses, that's a that's a. If I told very you at, before problem, the season started that a team would lose three games in a row to the Lions, Panthers, and Jets, what do you think of that team? And I didn't tell you what team it was. You'd be like, that team is awful. The coach should be in trouble, right? Yeah, they better they better win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hilarious games I'm I seeing agree. on here. The Eagles are at the Steelers, so. <laughs> The Eagles with their JV oh. squad, they, they're down another two offensive linemen now that got hurt in this last game. Go against the Steelers yeah. and their number one defense yeah. coming off a bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah Carson Wentz ready to rock. Wow. is going to look awful next week. And I don't want to talk about it because he's just going to look bad. There's nothing he can do. They're going to be destroyed. The Cowboys are at our get-right situation in a divisional game hosting the Giants. Oh, man. If... if, Okay. If they lose that game, uh, McCarthy should be marched out to the 50-yard line, as I like to say, and fired by Uh, by Jerry Jones. I will say this. 
if you are in a survivor pool and you have not used the Cowboys yet, this is the week. I actually think the Cowboys are going to put that whooping on the Giants this week for two reasons. One, they just need to get right. And two, the Giants offensive coordinator is Jason Garrett, and I think they want to show him something. Well, that's why that's why I said that. That's why, and I'm glad you picked up on it because if Jerry Jones has to, because you know Garrett's gonna have that shit eating grin on his face if if if, he, if they beat this team, so. Yeah. Yep. I'm just I'm scrolling through here. Wow. There's just no real good matchups. Like the Ravens host the Bengals, the Chiefs host the Raiders. Like we're gonna see some whoopings here. Uh, the Patriots host the Broncos, but no Cam. So that, that could be interesting because there's no Cam. So it's gonna be like <laughs> yeah. Brett Drippin versus Jared Stidham. Oh, you think they've seen enough? I think, I think Stidham had a bit of a like a good now? injury designation coming into the game, so they didn't play him until they had to. Oh, Sunday night, the Seahawks okay. host the Vikings okay. and their awful secondary. Yeah. Rusko Cook on national TV. <laughs> <laughs> you should work out with like a chef, a chef thing. Yeah, when he was uh, when he was in college, which was at Wisconsin, <laughs> winning the Big Ten. Um, that was that was the when Rick Ross was popular, so they had the every day I'm rustling shirts. So like the same thing, but now put the chef hat yeah. on. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So is, is that it for anything to look out for? So it looks like uh, it's Thursday night game. Yeah, Thursday night game. The, game it's the Bucks at the Bears. So we get we get Nick oh, Foles up against the Bucks oh, defense. It's awful. Oh man, and Dominican Sue might put him a lineup. <laughs> yeah this is uh yeah i mean you know i mean normally week five week six we get you kind of see everything kind of shake out a little bit to see who the contenders from the pretenders are so yeah i'm not surprised that we're yeah, even the divisional games oh, it's bottom where, of the division versus you know, the top of the division but these are always is. great weeks for dfs and for fantasy in general but maybe not so much for like surprising outcomes Yeah. yeah, I have a, yeah. I have a question for you. All right, any closing remarks? What odds will you give me that Donald Trump has to go back to the hospital before we record this show next week? Oh shit! Oh man! Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, so like, let's say let's uh, say we were betting ten you? bucks would, on it, would... and you gave me three to one. That means if it happens, you owe me thirty dollars. Not I owe you ten. 30 bucks yeah yeah i i would yeah i would i would i would accept that what about 10 to 1 i just so if it happens you owe me 100 but if not i owe you 10 what do you think 300 bucks (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would he's he's gonna go back he's gonna go back i i don't know what day um i doubt we uh see the debate whatever i mean if he if even into that kind of shit yeah, he's gone. I mean, I would, I would take either one. I wouldn't even make the bet with you because <laughs> I, I would be a fool to do that. I yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm just trying to make the point that I think that he is very likely have to go back within the next weekend. I think it's clear from how I, you know, things I say on the podcast and whatnot that I try to look at how things are done and try to find the most efficient way to either do them or predict what might happen. And I actually think he might be in a little mm. bit more trouble. Like he's clearly worse off than they're letting on. Like it's it's pretty clear he has pneumonia. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no one, no one is stupid. I mean, I mean, if anyone watched, I mean, why would you? If you watched the fucking bullshit, uh, whatever that was last night, him getting off the chopper and all that shit, fanfare bullshit. He he had trouble breathing. I mean, he was clearly like looking. He didn't. I don't know. I I um I have to preface with this. I don't. I don't. I would never wish death on anyone. Um, you know, anyone. You know. And I don't know how I would feel if this guy something happened. I don't know if I would feel good or bad or indifferent or what because obviously there's I have in, in the number of deaths when I look at that screen I have six friends and 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 stuff I see in the death total like that I know of and I'm probably looking at a number of infected people that maybe I don't even know that got infected that I'm good friends with or maybe even family members I know of personal people in my family that have to have survived it. And they're still dealing with problems. So to downplay this thing the way it is and to kind of make light of it, it's really like, I don't, I guess I use his words. It is what it is. I don't give a fuck. Like, uh, it's just, it's just messed up, man, that the leader of the free world <laughs> um, is is acting this callous and, and, and this irresponsible. It's unbelievable. I had a better question for you. If, if, if tomorrow's debate was you have to give Mike Pence a team to represent and give Kamala Harris a team to represent. What would what would that game look like? Who 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 would be the team that would go against? Like who's Kamala Harris? Who okay. Is, okay. Uh, so as I think through this Mike Pence. What teams are that? I'm gonna start with Kamala because I don't want to think about Mike Pence any longer than I have to. <laughs> so Kamala Harris is super qualified, very clever, and has a good track record. So and she and she wins no matter what her stop is, she's she she stays winning. So she's the Chiefs. Yeah, she's she's the Chiefs. She's clever, <laughs> has good schemes. That. Andy Reid, you know, speaking more like coaches. So Andy Reid won it with Philly. You know, was really good at Philly. Good with Kansas City. Going to the Hall of Absolutely. Fame. That's her. Mike Pence. Mike Pence is not good 100%. at anything, but he he has mastered this like soft-spoken, sincere inflection in his voice that makes him sound competent, but really he's a fucking moron. So it needs to be a team that looks like they know what they're doing, <laughs> but isn't actually that good and can never actually win, but they do get lucky sometimes and look kind of good. So Mike Pence is the Raiders. Yeah. And the thing is, the Raiders oh, play the Chiefs this nice. week, so we can see this twice. <laughs> Yes, yes, Stacy. We are in cohesion, brother. Because I was like, <laughs> he's gonna pick fucking Raiders, and he's gonna pick <laughs> dude. No, I swear to God, I have it written right. I was like, he's gonna, pick, he's gonna pick that. I was like, he's not gonna let me down. This guy never lets me down, bro. He's one of my friends that never. He's always there to make pick me up. Never will let me down. So I 100% agree with that take. And I couldn't wait all show. I wanted I wanted to ask that question all show. I didn't want I didn't want to preface it early. I didn't want to open with it. I'm like, dude, the end of the show, my closing remarks are gonna be if these were two teams hitting the field tomorrow night, who would be who? Awesome, bro. Well, that good. I'm I'm fantastic. uh uh glad I could uh show that we're that we're in sync. And you know, you mentioned not we're not wanting any <laughs> wishing death on anybody. And I agree with that. Like I think that, that this really you know, to wish death on another person sort of will, like, attract negative energy to you. 
And so that's so that's not the right way to go about it. However, yes, yes. I love poetic justice, and I love poetic justice, poetic justice in whatever form it decides to take. Yeah, it's just, I mean, like I said, it is, it is what it is, and 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 again, it's it's just, you know, you roll the, I mean, you're a gambler, man, you know, you're betting, man. I mean, you roll the dice, but so many times, you know, I mean, you can't be this reckless, you know, you can't can't defy odds, and. You know, it's it's unfortunate that that we're here, and it's unfortunate that this is kind of like the reality that we live in. You know, I mean, you know, we're we're not gonna have, and I'm, I'm, I sound super selfish here, but it is what it is. You know, we're not gonna have normal. You know, everyone has family. You know, Dave and I are transplants, living in Virginia. We have family other places, and it's gonna be hard pressed to travel to see family and, and do things that we normally do. You know, Thanksgiving is a really big football day in my family. You know, oh, yeah. we eat, watch, get. I mean, that's not going to happen. You know, it's just, I sound selfish saying it, and I don't give a shit if you agree or not. Not you, Dave, but anyone listening, because it's, 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 it's objective. But it's basically, it's like, man, you know, we've lost so much of our normalcy that it's hard, it's hard pressed to like be happy about stuff. And, you know, I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be living and you know i'm not one of the people that's you know that's dealing with this and I, and my hearts go out to anyone who's directly affected but it's like it's like how stupid are we to think a mask is a political situation how stupid are we to not social distance still at this point how stupid are we to keep repeating the same things that are happening <laughs> so I mean, you are mentioned that there's not gonna be thanksgiving like, as on? we're used to it this year and i think that by thanksgiving that's going to be obvious uh, why that would be a bad idea. There's something else, though, that I think is going to get canceled this year, or yeah. if not canceled, like, officially will be canceled just due to lack of participation, and that's trick-or-treating. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's not... I mean, I wouldn't, you know, a kid to go to well, someone's just house... Well, the other way, it, it, do you want to hand out candy? Door. Do you want a constant stream of people coming to your door? Because nobody hands out candy, then there's no trick or treating. And by the way, yeah, that sucks like yeah. so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I've and I've been a pretty firm person that yeah. you really should not go trick or treating um, without like some sort of disability issue. If you're past the age of like 12, everybody who's a kid now can go to the like 14. Not only do they get yeah. an extra year, they get another year beyond that just because this sucks so bad. Yeah. Right. So if you're a kid now, you One can trick or treat to your freshman huh? in high school and nobody can hold it against you because this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, great point, man. I mean, if we had to hold the draft, the biggest draft bus right now for presidency would be this guy biggest draft bus like it's just like a complete i mean n not even the ryan leaf of this like you know ryan leaf at least yeah i don't want to get this too much you know, right now we can talk about a flash, later podcast but... i still think james buchanan is the worst president of all time uh but i think that yeah, but i think that trump like tell me that i think that that's life. a mark so james buchanan basically is the reason for the civil war by and large and that's a very like brief whatever but you know, so I think that's a mark that can't really be topped. So I think it really is just a competition for second, and Trump wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, no. we've Civil had War more numbers thousand. lost than the Dead. Civil War right now, I think. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Six hundred thousand dead. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. He wins. But so yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Buchanan is is the worst. But I think Trump is like, like he's so much clearly worse than George W. Bush at this point. It's not even funny. Yeah, it's just it's sad. I mean, it's you know, I I, I love you know this country. Although you know we have problems here, you know, and it's a lot of things. But I couldn't think of anywhere else to live in on on the planet. You know, I have limited where I've lived, but living here, it's it's great. And it's just you know what, man. I I just want to I just want to go back to something that's not this. I know normal is not going to happen for a while, but something that I'm I'm over this. You know, this show, your friendship. Um, football, which I, you know, and again, I sound selfish. Football uh, is keeping me kind of just level-headed right now. But it's just, you know, I'm just over everyone, not just yeah, working whatever, together. whatever it takes let's, to try to get through this. Going, speaking of you know? unity, I saw a tweet. I can't find it to attribute, so I apologize. But for uh, for my closing remark, I will just share what this tweet said, and it said that they will treat Donald Trump with the same sympathy and respect that he gave John McCain. That's what I will do too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Poignant. Poignant. Wow. I get it. All right. Thank you guys for another week of uh, listening to us uh, talk political football. We will come back next week. Same yep, time. See ya. Same channel. <laughs>